Hello, everyone, and welcome into this episode of the Sports Detective Podcast. I am your host, James Williams, and today I'm going to be talking about a bunch of stuff. Not even going to give you a heads up what I'm going to talk about. Just a bunch of stuff. But let's start off by talking about some news. It's kind of a follow-up from a podcast I did. I do. I think I did it last week. Deshaun Watson, as of Thursday morning, news broke that he has officially requested a trade from the Houston Texans. Okay. Kind of something that we all thought was going to happen, reaffirming suspicions that we had. And it looks like the whole point of the last podcast that I did, might have even been two weeks ago I did it, was that I was trying to put perspective to it of how it could get done, why it would get done, and why I didn't think it was going to get done. As more time passes, I'm starting to believe that it actually probably will get done, right? But I think it's important here, because there's a lot of moving parts with this, and there's a lot of different angles that are perceived in here and there's a lot of different say that has to go on here because this isn't going to be a simple fix of how this trade happens unless someone just gives up a smorgasbord of picks or Houston panics and just panic trades them for something that's a really bad deal because you have to look at this because again another point I brought up on the last pod this is unprecedented we have never seen a top five quarterback in his prime, about to enter his prime, ask for a trade or be traded that we know is that good, right? We, we haven't seen it. We haven't seen it ever. So we don't even have a bar of what the asking price would be because I, I just get mad sometimes because it's, it's just irresponsible for me or anyone else to just be like, oh, just a few first-round picks, three first-round picks, done deal. Done deal. They'll say yes. It's like, put yourself, and this is what I want to break down here for you guys. There are three parties here that need to happen to all be on the same page for this trade to get, to ha- uh, to get done. Excuse me. The first party here is the Texans. So if you're the Houston Texans and the Texans front office, you have to ask yourself, if you're actually going to trade him, if you're actually like, all right, it's just, let's just see what haul we can get for him and we will trade him and we will just rebuild. So if you're Houston, oh, also real quick off of that, I heard somebody say today, it was like, oh, well, you know, they get rid of Sean Watson, J.J. Watts, what, what's J.J. Watt going to think? They might just release J.J. Watt because they... I think they'd save money if they got rid of him. His contract's almost up. And also, J.J. Watt's kind of, like, been injury-prone. He might have, like, one of the... He's, he's a Hall of Famer, but for the amount of, like, commercial or publicity that he gets, just seems like it just seems like we want a little bit more from J.J. Watt. Anyway, so he's probably... If they trade him away, they'd probably trade him away for, like, not much. But anyway... But if you're the Houston Texans, you have to ask yourself, what 
you finally say, screw it, we're just going to get rid of him. We don't think he's going to show up. Let's just get rid of him. What is your basement asking price? What, what, what is it? What are you willing to be like? That's the lowest offer that we want for Deshaun Watson. What, what's our starting price here, right? And if it were me, and I think I've said this before, I would say Herschel Walker trade times two, which the Herschel Walker trade, when it happened, was eight picks, three first rounds, just so people know, and then it kind of branched down after that. I would have, I would say just like five first rounds, three seconds over that five-year span, um, two-thirds, and then like two later picks, like 12 picks or something. Will that happen? Probably not. That's just what my asking price would be. You just have to ask yourself that if you're the Texans. It's like, are you really just going to be like, all right, we'll take we'll take the third pick, we'll take Tua, and we'll take pick 19, and we're good. Because if, if the Texans did that, that would be an all-time steal. It would be an all-time steal for the team that they're trading Deshaun Watson to. Okay, so you have to ask yourself, if if you are proposing this trade, if you are the Texans GM or the Texans front office, is that an acceptable haul for Deshaun Watson? So that's the first step right there. The second one is the teams that are bidding for Deshaun Watson. The Miami Dolphins, the Jets, the Bears, the Panthers, the 49ers, whatever other team you want to put in there. If it does become a thing where it is a bidding war, and let's say the Bears and the 49ers are bidding against each other. And they just keep kind of throwing in later picks. They're just, the Texans, and Deshaun Watson's giving them the okay. And it's just like, all right, whatever. I want to go to one of those teams. Let's see what offers you have and bring them to me. If they're just trading off back and forth and it's like an equal kind of deal. And the Texans GM calls up the Bears GM and says, We'll give you Deshaun Watson if you put in one more first round pick. It'd be a total of let's say it would be let's say it would be the fifth first round pick they put in the deal. And if the Bears went back and said no, and they didn't get Deshaun Watson, who is gonna be like a top five, top ten quarterback for the next twelve years, if they just didn't get him because they didn't want to put in an extra pick. Then you have to cuz then you just ask yourself what is he worth? If you're a team that is the Bears who has never gotten the quarterback right or the Dolphins who haven't gotten it right for 20 years or the 49ers who just need a quarterback to win a Super Bowl next year. Like the 49ers almost won a Super Bowl last year with Jimmy G and everyone doesn't like Jimmy G or most people don't like him. So it's like if you're the 49ers, what would that what what would be too high of a price to get up for Deshaun Watson? Now, the third person, the third party here, and I kind of alluded this to this earlier, the third party that matters here is Deshaun Watson because Deshaun Watson has a no trade clause. So if the let's say the Jets gave up a Herschel Walker times two trade, and they offered that to the Texans for Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson could look at that and be like, all right, I'm going to a team that doesn't have much. And they're giving up all their draft picks for me. So I'm going to go to this team that doesn't have anything, and they're going to give up all their draft capital 
so that they can't put anything around me, which is kind of the situation I'm in right now. So I'm going to say no. And then you have to ask yourself again, too. And we don't know what Deshaun Watson's mindset is here. Maybe he just wants to get out and he doesn't care. And he tells the jet or excuse me, he tells the Texans, whatever's the best deal for you guys coming to me. If I want to go to that team, I'll go. Doesn't matter the compensation you guys get. If, if it's the Carolina Panthers and they give up a buttload for him, he wants to go to Carolina. Fine. We don't know because I think a lot of us are saying, are thinking that he's coming from like us as a fan's perspective. And he's just going to be like, no, 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 Houston. Like you guys aren't getting more than two first round picks for me. I'm going to veto all those trades. Tough luck. Because if that's the case, if you're the Houston Texans and he's just veto, they you bring him like four or five trades and he just vetoes them all. If you're the Houston Texans, it's just like, all right, we don't want to just like give you up for nothing. And two with the Deshaun Watson thing, it's also with the psyche of him and what his mindset is right now. Why does he want to trade? Because you have to ask yourself that. Because it's not like the Texans were contenders, but for the most part in his career there, they've been going to playoff games. I think they won a few playoff games with him. They haven't been horrible, and I think a lot of those playoff games, you just kind of look at them and you would say, well, the reason that they're probably not winning these is because they're just getting out coached by Bill Belichick really badly, or they're getting out coached by Andy Reid really badly. And then they make that head coach the GM, and then he makes a bunch of bad trades. And then probably the thing that really broke it, so it's probably and I think we know this, it's relationships with the ownership in the front office where, you know, it's one thing to say, we will involve you on who we're hiring as the GM. Or it's one thing, you know, to just say that, right? It's another thing to, and I heard Schefter say this this morning, say, hey, we want to involve you in the GM search. Take him out to dinner and talk to him about it also, while you're hiring like a, um, a hiring firm, you're spending th- hundreds of thousands of dollars on this uh, agency, this firm or whatever you want to call it, to help you figure out how to hire the best GM candidate, you end up firing that firm after you already paid them a bunch of money, not even taking the advice that they gave you, and then not even involving your star quarterback who you wined and dined and told him was going to be involved. And then the whole thing with Jack Easterby and all that stuff, it, it was just, it, it's a relationship thing. So if you're Watts, going back to the main point here, if you're Watson, it's more not, I, I, it's part of going to a good situation with a good team that's well run and you're not going to get, you know, sacked 55 times a year. That's part of it. But the biggest thing here with him, it seems, is going to a place that's not Houston, that's better well-run, that's going to respect him more, might have better coaching. So those are kind of the three things that we have going on here. One, it's like, because all of these guys have to be on the same page because Houston's going to have to be like, all right, we want our correct haul for Deshaun Watson. The team's going to have to be willing to give up that haul. And then Deshaun Watson's going to have to approve and say, yes, that's a good enough trade for me. 
or I want to go there and I'm fine with you giving up that much stuff for me. Which it's a lot of stuff at play there. I really don't know how it's going to work out. There's also the other thing here too. If you're saying, if you're, if you're that person that's saying, if you're that person that's saying, oh, just three first rounders and it's done. Can you at least premise it and be like, you know what? Houston is so dumb. Their franchise is so poorly run. It's so dumb that they they should just get three first round picks for Watson because they'll actually think that's a good deal. Preface it with that, please. Because it just annoys me that they're like, ah, oh, just three first round picks. Because it's, again, put yourselves in the Houston GM shoes. Would that be good enough for you to trade Deshaun Watson? Just ask yourself that. And at least for me, that answer is no. Okay, now let's talk about a few NBA stories that happened in the uh, National Basketball Association, which is the same thing as the NBA. I don't, felt, don't know why I felt the need to clarify that. A few things happened last night. Well, not a few things, but one thing. The LeBron James flagrant foul on Joel Embiid. I was kind of multitasking while I was watching that game, and I remember looking over and seeing that, and I was like, wait a minute, that's a flagrant foul? And then for Joel Embiid to say, oh, that was a dangerous hit, should have should have been ejected. I was really puzzled by that. Because one, Embiid kind of flops. Embiid's a flopper. He flops a lot. That's one. Also, a lot of these hits or these fouls, I should say. Don't do this at home, but imagine this. Imagine yourself and your friend. And imagine, tell your friend to just jump as high as they can in the air, and you are right next to them. And right when they are at their highest point as they can jump in the air, give them a little push. And they're a little bit off balance. They're not gonna land properly. And really, the thing with the Embiid fall or foul, he just landed. He had a really hard fall. It really wasn't necessarily it was a hard foul. It was a hard fall. If LeBron James really wanted to push Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid would probably broken his spine. Like I don't think LeBron James shoved him that hard. So I thought that was kind of weird. Also, Embiid's having an MVP season. But I guess that's just kind of Embiid. He just starts stuff. He's just going to start something with somebody like as much as he can. He just seems like he's always just, you know, willing to uh, exaggerate things and talk things up. That's just his thing. So I, I, I do not think it was a flagrant too. Also, just so everyone knows, every play in the 90s, guys fell down like that. All 10 guys fell down like that. Every single play in the 90s. Tougher than NFL football players. Another thing I saw was interesting. Our guy, Lonzo Ball, involved in a trade rumor. The trade rumor. I don't know if a lot of people saw this. Lonzo Ball and J.J. Redick traded to the Golden State Warriors. For Kelly Oubre. Now, 
if the Warriors could pull that off, not necessarily that Lonzo Ball is an amazing player, not necessarily because J.J. Redick will put him over the top and make him a contender, but let me kind of set the table here for this. The one piece that really doesn't fit on this Golden State Warriors team right now is Kelly Oubre. He had a good second quarter uh, the last game. I have him on right here as I'm recording. I don't even think he's on the court. But there has to be a reason that teams are just willing to like think that they can upgrade from Kelly Oubre all the time and why he's always uh, on the move. Not saying there's anything bad about Kelly Oubre. Not saying he wasn't talented. I was surprised that the Suns moved off of him, but they did it to get Chris Paul. So it made sense. But he's he's a if if you're a warrior if you're the Warriors he really you, you can live without Kelly Oubre, you use that trade exception to get him because you wanted to somewhat compete, but if you were able to flip him for JJ Redick a guy that would help out now, he'd give you some shooting that'd be really good with Steph Curry especially with how the Warriors ball movement and how they get Steph open shots and other guy to really take tension off Steph, give you a few threes a game he tested veteran good leadership that'd be an awesome pickup and Lonzo Ball not necessarily that Lonzo Ball would fit in with this Warriors thing but he's going to be a restricted free agent this summer so if you can make him look decent and you can have him have some good moments and keep him healthy and there's little glimpses of like, oh, look, it's Lonzo, it's Lonzo, he's doing his thing. And you let him go into restricted free agency, you can do another sign-and-trade. And you can flip that asset. And you can get more assets. That's how they got D'Angelo Russell and then ended up getting Wiggins. And that D'Angelo Russell pick, they got this other Minnesota pick, which is a top three protected. And with how the lottery has changed over the last two seasons... There's no guarantee that that's going to be a top three pick for Minnesota. So Golden State might have the fourth pick in the draft next year and make the playoffs this year without doing anything. (laughs) So very interesting there. I thought that was interesting. So watch what what the uh, Warriors do with Kelly Oubre and watch to see Lonzo Ball traded. Also, with that trade, I don't know why the... I don't know why the Pelicans would do it. Because I don't think they need Kelly Oubre, so it would be more getting rid of J.J. Redick and getting rid of Lonzo Ball than actually getting Kelly Oubre. And who knows? Just a rumor. Just a rumor. But I saw it reported in multiple places, so it's valid. Steve Kerr talked about it after the game. Valid rumor. Oh, here. I guess I could get... Prob- I could probably do a whole segment on this, but I just thought this was was interesting. So they, this one guy for Yahoo Sports, he went back and he looked up, his name is Ben Rohrbach. Sorry if I said that wrong. He went back and he looked through the history of the NBA. And he looked up all of the teams that at one point had three 20 plus points per game scorers, right? So three guys on a team score 20 points per game or more. What was their team... Were they successful? And only, what did he say? Like 27 times? 25 times 
No, 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 don't know. 20, so 27 times it's happened that three guys on the same team averaged more than 20 points a game. Only twice has that team ever won the title, and it was both the Golden State Warriors in 17 and 18. So when Kevin Durant joined them, Kevin, or KD, Steph, Clay. So that trio is the only three to all average 20-plus points per game and win a title. A lot of these are actually bad. He had them all listed. The only other ones that got like close to the title were the Lakers in the late 60s where they uh, where it was Wilt, Jerry West, and Elgin Baylor. And they all averaged 20-plus, and they just lost to Celtics. So, based off of NBA history, having three guys average that much points, pretty much the point of it was there are a lot of talented trios, but it's always someone takes a step back. Someone really takes a step back, and that is what produces the most success, historically. So, for KD to average 28, and Kyrie to average 26, and for Harden to average 24... And then for them to go and win the title, statistically, it's rare. Also, the Nets need to figure out their defense. I also saw a rumor today that they were rumored to be, if Andre Drummond is bought out of his contract from the Cleveland Cavaliers, he would be likely going to Brooklyn. Which, I wonder if, if you watched anything of Cleveland... Sometimes Andre Drummond, like he's he's taking an absurd amount of like shot attempts this season. He, he just just playing basketball, and you just see him like I've I've seen him like play point guard, and it's just weird and it's crazy. Yeah, I just looked it up. Andre Drummond's taking sixteen shot attempts a game. It's the first time in his career he is averaging under fifty percent from the field. Good news, though, leading the league in rebounds. So Brooklyn, if you get Andre Drummond in the buyout market, you got some rebounding. Congrats. That was kind of fun. I should have, I think I'm going to have a, maybe a weekly thing where it's just NBA rumors, where I just keep track of all the NBA rumors. That'd be pretty fun, don't you think? Give me some uh, tips on that if you're uh following me on the socials because this is going to be the end of the podcast as always always thanks thanks for listening i appreciate it a lot of energy in this one probably get really grinding next week probably try and push out a bunch more i'm really working trying to learn video editing software so i can get more youtube i know i posted that one video and i haven't posted any more but We're going to keep going on that. But as always, thank you so much for listening. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, JWSDetective. Rate, review, subscribe. And thank you. I will see you next time.